What's going on, everybody? This is The Hot Tag. I am Christy Francesco, and joining me this week is my illustrious wife, Morgan. How are you? I'm doing well, sir. Thank you. Yeah, you're welcome. Uh, you just got your hair cut. Is that the first haircut you've had since our wedding? Yes. Is it really? It's almost two years. It's been two years? I know. It looked like it. Thanks. <laughs> no, um... But it looked really good. Uh, I don't know where you went. Was it local, like super local, like in our town? It was in our town. It was in our it town? It was in our small little town. No, our small little southern town. Ta- <laughs> Thank God there's a main street everywhere. I know. Um, but no, it looks wonderful. Thank it's God. Good. It's not as short as you said it was going to be. It's still short. I guess, like you said, when it curls, it's going to be really short. Yes. Okay. Well, anyway, we are recording this uh, podcast Thursday evening, and I'm staring at a monitor here, and um, our little girly girl is, is sleeping, which is always a huge For positive. Now. For now. Give For it, now. Give it a couple hours. Um, I'm drinking my nightly cup of caffeine to be prepared. <laughs> no, it's not a cup. You're drinking a bottle of Coca-Cola. Don't out me for everyone. I'm not going to do that. Um, but no, uh, we are here to talk a little bit of pro wrestling. Uh, there's a whole lot of things going on. Uh, first and foremost, we will talk about Bray Wyatt, how he finally appeared on WWE television, how I'm actually very happy it was on a Monday Night Raw and not Extreme Rules. Um, and then I want to talk about the whole Becky Lynch thing that's going on. Uh, I really do think she's kind of lost her luster. And All right, well, we'll I, get into it. We'll get it. No, no, I'm just giving over the... It's like a thesis. You just gave your opinion. No, I... I have to elaborate on it eventually. Mm. Um, and then we're going to talk about the Raw reunion show coming up this mm. this Monday. Um, I'm gonna We're going to talk a little bit about uh, what we thought of Extreme Rules. I have an opinion on the show and how unbelievable The Undertaker was. Um, and then I'll, I'll go into something that's surprising wrestling friends of mine about something that... I will say publicly for the first time, so it's it's. We'll definitely get into that. You know this. I we just talked about it. Uh, I don't remember anything. That's well, you'll remember this. Okay. Um, but no, I, 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 we're gonna start off really quick here, and we're gonna start off uh, with Bray Wyatt. Ah. So it's hard for Morgan to talk about Bray because she's actually legitimately for a shoot scared of Bray Wyatt. It's not that I'm scared of Bray Wyatt. That's not phrasing it correctly. It's just like that image is like now in my head and now I'm going to turn a dark corner I'm going to see boom the mask. Like they did a really good job at making him a a TV 14 character which they they needed. I love the circus suit. But I don't know it's just like it's creepy. I love and I love creepy like I loved when he was doing the Firefly Funhouse and he was normal Bray and he would just have moments where he'd, you know, be without the mask and he'd be like, let me in. Like, I know, I like the creepiness, but I'm not legitimately scared. I just don't want to have any more nightmares than I already have. So before we talk about his his debut, I guess, his re-debut, do you think as someone who's only been watching wrestling for less than five years now, Mm -hmm. do, do you think that's, if done right, is there a longevity, you think, to a character like Bray? <laughs> I think it has more to do with who's running the company than the character. Mm-hmm. I mean, you look at someone like The Undertaker, that's been a long-term character. Yeah, you're um, right. Thugonomics died really quickly. <laughs> but just kidding. Well, Cena's, of course, still around. <laughs> I think you have to do it right. You can't overexpose. That's the key. Like, 
and I, I think they did so. a great job because I'm sorry for cutting you off, no, but fine. the whole overexposing things we just talked about on Extreme Rules how we haven't seen a Firefly Funhouse for three weeks, which also then was to me getting to be a problem. Like you were having something every week, and then all of a sudden nothing. I feel like you need they needed to have a good balance, and so I'm glad they finally have done something in it, something new, so it's something different. Mm-hmm. So they're so I think they're saving themselves from overexposure, but also from just. I feel like WWE for the in the past year, they'll have an idea, they'll run with it for a couple weeks and then just drop it. Like, for I sure. just I think I feel that like was, that's been this thing. When we did the round table or the the table for three episode a few weeks ago, which was well, our was most, it our square table? So it our was square not table, our, table. Our, our yeah, that's right. Um, <laughs> our square table discussion, which was actually the most downloaded show we've ever had, um, still being listened to this day because it's something that can be carried on into weeks and weeks. One of the problems that I brought up was there was no continuity you know yes. people talk about yes you're absolutely correct pro wrestling is about telling stories mm-hmm. and people always say well, I, hate, I don't like seeing Bobby Lashley and, and Strowman every week well when it's done right that's how wrestling is it's a soap opera right there's gotta be storylines but it's gotta be compelling whereas uh, I think like you're right there there was continuity with the Firefly Funhouse there was a build to when we first saw the mask and then for a couple weeks we didn't see the mask it was just the Firefly Funhouse it was I felt like each week that there was a, a Firefly Funhouse episode, the want to see where this was going was building and building and building. Sure. And then for three weeks, nothing. Right. So it's almost like why we always thought Roman Reigns got booed because we saw him two or three times a night. I know. There was no ch- so much, and we're he's yeah. There was no chance to miss him. Right. Whereas the Firefly Funhouse, every week we're like, was Bray on? Was Bray on? No, he wasn't. Man, I really want to see that. I think I think another thing that also sets Bray apart because, like you mentioned, Bobby Lashley, Braun Strowman, and Roman Reigns. Roman Reigns, since coming back, I think he's gotten much better mm-hmm. in terms of just general likability as a wrestler for adults, kids, women, <laughs> women, yes, yes, kids, yes. Um, but I think he's he's gotten better amongst you know the fans who are around in the Attitude Era and mm-hmm. are still watching today. Yeah. Um, but the thing about Bray that I think sets him apart is he himself is very good at what he does. Mm-hmm. Where like Braun, it does. So even if Bray was overexposed, he can save himself. I think in a way. Like I think he, I think he can help it because I, I think he can run with it better than like someone like you had Braun Strowman who was way overexposed and couldn't handle it. Like mm-hmm. he wasn't able to help his career. He was at the mercy of the writers where I think Bray is smart enough and good enough to manage whatever schedule they do or don't give him. And like, it's like, if you have to look at, and I'm trying to think of when I started watching, when I started watching the new day, had just gotten huge. Yeah. And they're still really big to this day. And I think a lot of that ultimately is less to do with writing and more to do with the characters themselves, well, the wrestlers They're invested. Themselves. They, yes. they believe in what they're doing. Right. And you have so and, many wrestlers who have been overexposed right. or underused who haven't done anything for themselves. You right. know, they're, they just kind of, I feel like they're just like collecting their paycheck and moving on. No questioning, you no know, just doing what the boss is saying. For a while, to me, that seemed like Roman. Yeah. Um, I feel like... Now I think that's Seth Rollins. Yeah, Seth's getting there. Seth's getting I really the, do. Yeah, I'm really surprised that Seth was okay with this whole Becky Lynch thing. I agree. Um, 
that just didn't seem like a good move for his career at all. If he didn't have the belt, I'd say, okay, but you can't put your top champion in a gimmicky storyline like that. Love, sto- love storyline. Yeah, it and just... then to make Becky seem like she's the quote-unquote man of it. Like, I really And then they come out with like the t-shirt that says the man's the man. 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 I mean, come on. Like, I'm... It's emasculating. I, I'm a woman, so I'm not trying to say down with women, but, like, you can't put your main champion down. Mm-hmm. And that's what they did. Yeah. And then... They emasculated their, their, their top guy. They did. And it, and it kind of goes into the whole thing, and we'll get back to Bray, but that's a cool thing about wrestling. It go it translates into other things, where a lot of the, the stuff that people complain about wrestling now is about world titles, is that they're more like props now. Like, it's not even... It doesn't yeah. even matter who has them. That's a really you, good point. You have a guy that slayed the beast, uh, like they said, and, and Seth Rollins at WrestleMania. He's like... I think he's the number one guy in merchandising. So you put the strap on him. He's on Raw every single week, like like everyone wanted. And then out of nowhere, now you want to put him in a program with his real off-screen girlfriend. And I don't know if they want to do this program now because of what Becky's per- current persona is and because they're dating and they're afraid, like, you know, if they break up, we won't be able to use this in the future. But, like, ultimately, that could be a storyline they could do two years from now when he no longer has the belt yeah and you can give him like it, it was too much for him to have the title and this crazy plot storyline like you don't need that he can just be champion Seth Rollins yeah yeah and, and and I agree with you so going back to Bray he debuted on Monday Night Raw live in in the flesh uh, in it, the mass <laughs> it was right after the Finn Balor uh, Samoa Joe match Samoa Joe pinned Finn Balor and then immediately after the match Balor uh, beat down uh, Samoa Joe uh, and then as he was celebrating in the ring you kind of saw a flicker of the lights um, uh, uh, the, the lights started slowly going out uh, then you started hearing some weird jumble of noises going on and then all of a sudden pitch black um, legitimately pitch black and then you see Which some is interesting. can I say something right there real quick sure. I'm sorry to interject no no it's okay because this is kind of on a tangent but it's kind of cool that WWE was able to do WWE was able to do this because when I was working in the film industry I was working on a large scale promotional stunt for Dawn of the Planet of the Apes and I thought it would be really cool to in a public sporting event have like during one of the breaks halftime you know whatever wasn't it for a San Francisco Giants game that was ultimately what it was going to be at Mm -hmm. because I was in that market at the time but I thought it would be really cool if you know in between innings like the seventh inning stretch let's say all the lights shut off now clearly you'd still have some light from the outside Mm -hmm. and then all of a sudden you'd have like ape noises come over the thing and then on all the the screens have like the title treatment for the movie and I thought that was a really cool promotion but there is a really big fear and stigma around blackouts and loss of power and crowd panicking and when I I just thought it was really cool because you're totally right it was pitch black and it wasn't pitch black for a second it was pitch black for a significant amount of time you're talking about 15 seconds which is in the entertainment industry and also on live television that is very very ballsy I would say well the cool thing is about the the WWE audience is that they've been trained for blackouts with The Undertaker yeah but I mean still like but they're also crazy wrestling fans in a way like that's a bold move because people could panic Mm -hmm. especially you have people who like the real true people who think it's all real. You have kids the one, in the arena. Right, when it blacks out, like, oh my gosh, what's happening? Like, yeah, that that was a bold move, and I thought it was an awesome move. Yeah, very bold, but um, really really cool. But you know, I I I, I don't 
just because I come from the world where, you know, I've, I've actually tried to do that before and make that happen before. I know how difficult it is to make that happen and kind of how, you know, the rules around it and the fact that they, I just feel like it shows they're going in the right direction. Yeah, for sure. So he's, they go pitch black and all of a sudden you see a couple little spotlights, like literally a few little spotlights from the left, right, and the center shine on Bray, who's in the middle of the ring and he's got, um... I forget the, the the name of his finishing move already. Uh, is, I don't think maybe it, it's going to change. I think it's called. Is it called Sister Abigail? Maybe. Yeah, it might be. I think it I is. Because I remember it. Michael Cole's like, "Oh, Sister Abigail." Oh, okay. <laughs> of course. <laughs> and like, then. Is that Bray? Is that Bray? Yeah, what? So awful. He is the worst. Oh, my Do gosh. we know who that is? Who is that? Oh, I don't know, Michael. We have no idea who that oh, is. Oh, my goodness. It's, it's 10 o'clock. It what is it? It took away from it. Like, he it should, did. He should, like, not, there he should have been in shock. No one should have silence. said a word. Yes. I agree. Yeah. Um, that would have been perfect. Like, guys like JR and the King back then wouldn't have said a word. Um, so, and then all of a sudden, he's just staring there. The lights go back on. And then boom, he's just holding uh, Finn Balor in that in that position, and then boom, rips him into the finishing move, stands right up, and just you know flexes his arms out, and they do a super hyper focus on right on the mask as I the like, lights go did out. Did you notice his contacts too? I, he had like uh, yellow. Uh, is that part of the and... mask? You think? No, because he has to be able to see. It looks real. Uh, I'm like, sure I, he I, can see, but... Yeah, but I mean, it looked like his eyes to me. Maybe okay. I, maybe I didn't get a close enough look, because we all now know how I feel about the mask. Right. But I thought it looked like he had color contacts in. Okay. And then they they, then they went to black, and then you heard mm-hmm. the laughing of Bray um, dubbed over the, the, the speakers. So that was that. And like I told you when it happened, I said, don't worry, you're going to see it again. They're going to play at the 10 o'clock hour and um, probably 1030 as well. And it did both. They didn't disappoint there. Um, oh, they did not? Oh, no, it happened. They did. Time, right? I said, remember, they're they going to play at the 930 and the 10 o'clock yeah. hour. They that's what they did. At least two more times. Yeah. Right. right. So um, I thought that was awesome. Uh, I thought the Bray Wyatt, it, it was everything that we had hoped it would have been. And I was happy it was on Monday Night Raw. Reason being is Raw's has a bigger audience than Extreme Rules did. Well, you also, you can't disappoint your main audience. You can't say right. everything Raw is your for main the audience. Because right. then everyone's going to know Raw's not going to be exciting. Mm-hmm. Like, you have to have big things happen on your flagship show. Right. I, I mean agree. that was Stephanie McMahon's show. <laughs> <laughs> That's a big deal. <laughs> um so I, I thought the Bray Wyatt thing was done perfectly. We're, obviously, where this goes from here, I'm assuming we're going to see Finn Balor versus Bray Wyatt at SummerSlam. Um, or, can I pause? Because I actually I had a thought about this here. Like, what if he, like, does it again to some random person? Like, I would that, like yeah. to see him continue to show up randomly with random people. I don't necessarily well, need him to... Maybe, like, maybe his rival... How cool would it be if he doesn't even wrestle at SummerSlam and his rivalry begins at SummerSlam? Like, I still want to see him beat someone up in the back. I well, you've been saying that for weeks. On. Like, yeah, I think yeah. that'd be really cool. Um, but I would Kyle like Barone said that idea was brilliant of yours. Oh, yes. Thank you. You're welcome. For him. I'm saying you're welcome for oh, him. Oh, I know. <laughs> I will I will send him a text message. That's good. <laughs> 
You sound like you're some 70 year old who's I just learning how to sure text. I'm clear and illiterate. How are you going to contact him? <laughs> I am going to send him a text message on his device. Listen, if someone had to transcribe this, I'm making it very very easy for yes them. you are mm-hmm. you are very good at emphasizing words Correct. um so I, I like like we said we were super thrilled with the appearance of bray like i said i, I think it's already been written that it's gonna be balor and oh, uh bray because uh balor's going away for a couple months he's getting a vacation oh, so he's so that's gonna that's gonna balor. get the, he's gonna get destroyed um by bray um i, I just hope it's demon oh demon oh, it might be That'd be cool. That was something everybody wanted to see at like Mania, like everybody wanted to see Balor, Demon Balor, uh, against Bray. Um, I really hope that after this couple months away with Balor, they do something with him. I still say, <laughs> good. He should go. Everyone's gonna hate me for this to two oh five live because he is one of the smallest guys around. And if that's genuinely a brand that they are interested in building, having a talent like him on there would be helpful. So you're, like, so you're telling me Enzo didn't real. elevate the two oh five? Yeah, but and now he's gone, mm-hmm. and without him, they are seriously struggling. <laughs> Enzo put the team on his back and Stop. carried that brand. <laughs> Um, no, I just, I don't know, like, it's hard for me, and I know it's part of the, you know, suspension of disbelief, but, like, come on, seeing him against, like, imagine, like, him versus Braun, like, I know it's David and Goliath, but at some point, it's too unbelievable. Although I will say, I have been saying, too, over the years, they have been getting less away from the bodybuilder type and more into, like, the cut fit type, you know, more like the Seth Rollins type and, like, Cesaro. So there are more guys to make it more believable. But ultimately, like, that's where I I think he should go. But I I love Finn Balor. Like, I would really miss him. But it just, it sometimes just doesn't make sense. So, So your suspension of disbelief only goes so far. And I get it. Yeah. Yeah, I get that. Um, like, I want to see matches that make sense. Yeah, for sure. Um, if you guys are here in the show, you're going to hear Griffey the Wonder Dog. Gosh, Mr. Whiny Pants. Just today. complaining, and I have no idea why. He's about to get kicked. But, okay. Um, <laughs> um, so we're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, we're going to talk about Becky Lynch. Uh, we're going to talk about The Undertaker, uh, and then we'll move forward with that. Um, this is The Hot Tag. Uh, real quick, guys, I want to talk to you about someone who, who – uh, a brand that sponsors the show, and that would be uh, Collar and, and Elbow, uh, which Morgan loves to talk about. Every time there's a Collar Elbow tie, up on Raw. She goes, collar by the elbow. Collar elbow. It just makes me feel like I'm in the know. You are. So, it's a, it's a wrestling brand. Um... Uh, it's it's it was owned it's owned by Al Snow. Everybody knows who Al Snow is. Um, so it's 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 a wrestling passion that meets you know streetwear. So it's just random. It's not like going to pro wrestling tees and getting a, a shirt of your favorite wrestler. Um, Collar Elbow is really cool, man. Like they they take like certain aspects of the wrestling business, certain taglines or certain parts of history, and they and they make it into t-shirts, hats, um, hoodies, uh, shorts. Um, so they have like the the new ones they got now are uh, back uh, Bad Street CXE, which I personally have. I know Kyle Barone has that. Um, we have a couple other people that have really supported the show and, and bought that. Um, you know they have hats that say Ring General and and parts unknown T-shirts. Uh, they have really 
amazingly uh, uh, comfortable cotton shorts. Um, they just came out with a couple now USA style uh, CXE, uh, which is Colorado uh, independent shirts. It's really cool. 1776 on it. I, I really enjoy everything they have. I have a hoodie. I have a T-shirt. Um, I think I, I have a tank top from Colorado. Um, I have to see. I think it's somewhere uh, up, up in my... You know, I don't have that many clothes, so. Oh, okay. I <laughs> know, <laughs> uh, but definitely go check this out, guys. Um, go to collarandelbowbrand.com, uh, and if when you go to the checkout, you type in hot tag, you guys will get 10% off your order, and a little bit comes back to help this show continue moving forward. Trust me, guys, collarandelbowbrand.com. Uh, head there, and I, I promise you, as a wrestling fan, you will definitely find something that you like, and they're not going to price you out ever. Um, you can get great t shirts uh ones that i wear for $19.99 so head there use hot tag h-o-t-t-a-g uh one word at the checkout and you get 10 percent off your order uh this is the hot tag i am christy francesco that is my illustrious uh, illustrious wife morgan who shares my last name um and we will be right back up to these commercial messages please check them out Welcome back, Hot Tag. I am Christy Francesco. Uh, if you guys want to follow me on a social media, you can find me on the Twitter at CDFran24. That's C, okay, for Chris. D-I-F-R-A-N-2-4. Uh, definitely check me out there. I'm always rambling and really being negative about everything almost, um, especially Philadelphia Phillies baseball. Um, but no, uh, we're, we're going to carry on here. We're going to talk about Becky Lynch. And Becky Lynch, obviously, since last year, um, basically right before the Rumble, has become one of, if not the most popular professional wrestler alive. Um with this whole the man gimmick, uh, which I'm uh, I'm not a big fan of, but it it seems to me that even since she's done this, Morgan, on social media, on television, there has been no surcease in terms of you know the the levels of plugging and nonstop talking about the man this, the man that. You know, for me, it's been completely overexposed. It's been completely overdone. Um, I mean, there was one point where everyone said, you know, she's a Stone Cold Steve Austin of this generation, and that's when I just lost it. Um, And I've said this before. Look, and this is not sexist in any way. If if you I'll be the judge. Yeah, you can be the judge of this. I I, I'm not a fan of women's wrestling being part of Raw or SmackDown because I think it's the popcorn time, and I don't say that. I think the ladies are really good. I really do think a lot of them are super talented, the better that they've ever been in the history of pro wrestling. I just don't think they will they capture the attention of the majority of the audience unless you're a girl or if there's a really good looking woman like a Mandy Rose or Alexa Bliss the 18 to 34 men love looking at them but they don't care what they're doing in the ring so I agree and I don't think that's sexist I don't think there's anything wrong with saying that's your least favorite part of the show um The women's division is in a weird time, and it's been in a weird time even since I started watching. So when I started watching, you know, I think a year into me watching is when they switched the title from Diva to Women to Women's title. So they're in a weird thing where before they used to be 
divas and it used to be caddy storylines and they used to be just kind of in support of the guys and it really was a joke in terms of wrestling. Mm -hmm. And now you have women who can actually go. Mm -hmm. But now I feel like they're trying to be too much like men in a mm -hmm. way. Like they need to find some sort of middle ground between the two. Like I just That's don't tough. think they found their place yet in terms of good writing, good storylines. Mm -hmm. Um, things that make it interesting. Yeah. Um, because they're trying to be the men's division, and they're not, and they shouldn't be. They're yeah. women. They're completely different. They should have their own feel and tone and ideas. But I think they're trying to fit the women's division into a mold that they just don't fit. So I think that they need to figure out, you know, something that makes sense so they're not, you know, diva-y. So it's not like the sexist way it used to be. But so it's not so they're trying... like. They're very overtly pushing it. Do you think that's what they're trying to do with Becky is to try to give them some swagger? The division some I swagger? Well, if you think about it, every, all the women, except for Becky, and I'm going to mess up here and not remember all of them, of course, but had like a thing. Like, Sasha was the boss, mm -hmm. and Charlotte was the queen. Yeah. And who Bailey is the hugger. Bailey's the hugger. <laughs> who's, who's, what's Alexa's thing that she says? Is she the queen too, does she say? The goddess. She's the goddess. Like everyone, like Becky didn't really have anything. So now she has something and she's really running with it to the point where, yes, I do think it's obnoxious, but you know why I think it doesn't work for you and you don't realize it is because she's a baby face. If she was a heel, then all of her, uh, like the obnoxious man, man, and like self-promotion, I think would bother you less because she has heel writing as a baby face. Like... She's not acting like a baby face in, like, all the self-promotion. Do you think since the start of it as a woman, all as this woman. women's – as a woman's – the women's evolution and now your top woman is considered – it's called the man? Doesn't that kind of to you like – kind of like, okay, what's – what are you getting at there? Or is that almost them saying that – it's, well, I mean, it's a shot at men saying I'm a woman and I'm the man. No, I think it's I think it's an idea of women trying to claim the same status. And, okay, and I'm and and I, it's I like understand. A it's a phrase. I mean, I, I'm pardon my French, but like men call other men bitches all the time, and that's yeah. traditionally a term used to describe females. It's true. So now you're taking a masculine term and using it to describe, you know, with using it to describe female. It's the mm. same concept. So no, I don't. I th honestly, I think it's just something fun that they came up with that they realized really, really worked. And it worked. That went over really well. Yep. But it's it was a main event of WrestleMania. It's over saturation. Yeah. She's not one of those wrestlers who I think can can turn it around in the right way. Yeah. And it's, and here's it's a, too much. And, and wait, you didn't even acknowledge my comment about like. She's a baby face saying all this. I, I know. I think it makes more sense. It, it does. She's be, acting more like a heel in terms of... But, the, but then here's where I go back to why I think they're pushing it as Austin. Austin was the biggest baby face in the world but never cut baby face promos. You're right. Different you're time. Right. No, different time. Different time. But different you audience. Are total, you, are, you are completely right that that's a, sim exactly the same concept they're going at. I mean, Becky. they're going... A little bit. Becky's not drinking beer and flipping people off and stunning their bosses. Well, you can't it, do that now no matter what. Well, but she's doing the equivalent. Getting there. Like, she is doing well. I think it would have been better had they kept both her and Seth separate. I think yeah. bringing them both together hurt 
it hurt. It saturated both their characters. It made you hyper hyper aware of how much she's saying the man, and it made it seem like more of a pro women thing than it is. I really don't think it is. I mean, it is pro woman, obviously. Like, Mm -hmm. yeah, go Becky, you're a woman. But I think it's turning more into a point than just a fun, you know, you have the goddess, the boss, the hugger, the man. I think it was intended to be that, and now it's being pushed too much as something else. And another thing that, that I've said this before on social media, um, either it's our wrestling Facebook pages or even on Twitter, is, and look, Becky's one of my favorites, but she's not a great in-ring worker. Like, that's how I feel. I mean, Rhonda would show her up. Rhonda she could show every Rhonda should show everyone up though. Right. I mean I Charlotte is incredible. I think Sasha's great. Um gosh, even Ember Moon is tremendous. And no one to me I mean no one holds a candle to Natalia. So I that's where I'm really weirded out. Not weirded out, but it's very odd of WWE to put the main one the, the main woman's match of SummerSlam being Becky Lynch against Natalia. Natalia is going to make her look inadequate in, in terms of an in-ring style. Because you and I have said it before. I mean, Natalia is a beast. And, you know, I, I love Natalia. And I know why she's in that title match. Because she's from Toronto. Mm-hmm. And the SummerSlam's in Toronto. So they're basically using Natalia to get a pop. But that promo that Natty cut with Becky... It really put Becky in her place. Did you see the promo with Natalia? I thought you did, but um, I'll I'll let you hear it. But I mean, she went at Becky Lynch, called her, you know, you know, the B word, all that stuff. I mean, she really had a great promo going at Becky, and Becky didn't have much to say. And I I think Natalia is that once in a generation female talent. Um, I think once she's out of the ring, she's gonna train. All the women. I'm sure she's got a job waiting for her in NXT. Um, so for me, the the whole Becky Lynch thing. If the reason why I loved heel Charlotte is because Charlotte would be a heel in the ring, and she was amazing at it. She'd beat the crap out of you. She'd cheat. That's the number one thing about heels that they don't do anymore is heels are supposed to cheat. And they're supposed to be manipulative and conniving. Well, that's a different type of heel. That's like that, the weasel that's heel. And yeah. then you have like the brawn heel. Not like Braun Strowman, but like the muscle, massive, mm-hmm. you know, like the Brock heel. Or Kane heel. Corporate? No. <laughs> No, um, but you are right. Um, so yeah, for me, I really, I don't know. I, I'm assuming Becky still sells a ton of merch. She's still doing. She still does a lot of promotion for the company. She's all over the place, and um, so my assumption is they're going to continue this storyline with her. Um, so that's my thoughts on the whole Becky Lynch thing. Um, I don't know where it's going to go. Obviously, we're going to SummerSlam. I hope they let this Natalia and Becky Lynch thing get pretty uh, creative in terms of their promos. And I don't know what they're going to do in terms of attacking because they're both baby faces technically. I guess Becky Lynch can be a heel um, in terms of her promos, but they're both baby faces. I, know, I feel like, don't you think Taya would be? I would assume Natalia, I guess they would turn her heel um, for this. Um, so, 
we're going to take a break. When we come back, we are going to uh, talk about The Undertaker, Kevin Owens, and then we're going to go from there. Um, the reunion. Oh, and the Raw reunion. We'll wrap up and with that. And the thing, that comment that you said. That you I'll talk about that on the other side for sure. I'll just get to that because it's going to surprise people. Um, but before we do that, I, guys wanna, I have to talk to you guys about Anchor. And Anchor is the app that I use to record this podcast each and every week. It gives you everything you need in one place. And the best part about this that really, that really helps me out is that it's absolutely free. And you can use it right from your phone or your computer. Anchor has creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast so it sounds absolutely wonderful. Uh, the, the best part about all this is they will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard everywhere. Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, any app that you guys have where you can download podcasts, Anchor will deliver yours there. Uh, you record the show, they do the legwork for you. You can easily make money from your podcast. How can you beat that? I mean, why do you think I do this show, right? Um, and you don't have to have any any minimum listenership at all. So do yourself a favor, download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Uh, this is the hot tagging. We, we will be right back uh, with the last segment of this week. Uh, I am Chrissy Francesco. That is my illustrious wife, Morgone, and we will be right back. Welcome back. Hot tag. We are in the finale here as we had to really quickly go tend to the child who woke up. And as we predicted in the very beginning of this recording, we said it's only a matter of time before she wakes up. Um, so we're going to wrap things up. And I really want to talk uh, quickly about Extreme Rules. And the only thing I really want to take away from Extreme Rules is how amazing The Undertaker was. And a lot of people, of course, over the last couple of years just keep thinking that, geez, when is this guy going to finally stop and go enjoy the rest of his life because the guy's got two new hips, he has no knees. Um, but man, at six foot eight, six foot nine, six ten, near 300 pounds, man, that guy just keeps going out there and, and, and doing what he loves. He must really honestly just love what he does. Um, and I'm sure he gets paid a very good penny for it. Um, so the, the, the last time we saw The Undertaker, we had a real bitter taste in our mouth by almost watching the man die in the ring in Saudi Arabia against Goldberg and uh, we thought right then and there like geez this might we may not see the Undertaker for a long time little did we know weeks later we see him on Raw coming out to help Shane McMahon and now we have ourselves a, a good old tag team match playa and uh, it's Roman Reigns, the Graveyard Dogs, uh, the R Roman Reigns and the Undertaker. Oh, the Graveyard Dogs. I can, I just. You, I by the way. No words. Yeah, by the way, you can get that shirt at wweshop.com. Um, so. The, you have the Graveyard Dogs, which consists of The Undertaker and Roman Reigns, um, going up against Drew McIntyre and Shane McMahon. Yet another pay-per-view that we see Shane McMahon. Um, man, from Jump Street, The Undertaker looked good. He looked fluid. He looked motivated. Um, and you know why? Because he was going up against guys that can move, guys that can go. One of them being 20 years younger than him in... Uh, Drew McIntyre, uh, Shane is is a good adversary for for Undertaker, which because we have seen this before a few years ago, um, but mainly it was McIntyre that was feeding uh, the Undertaker, and man, it was it was great to see Undertaker in that role. Um, you know when he 
he didn't, you know, quote unquote, he got his shit in. Um, when he was ready to get out of the ring, get tag Roman Reigns. Reigns comes in, does his thing, gives Undertaker a chance to rest in the corner a little bit. Uh, doesn't have to control the match. Doesn't have to be the guy to do all the offense. That is what the Undertaker should be doing until he finally says, I'm done. He has to go up against guys like the McIntyres. Um, I even think Undertaker would be decent against Braun because Braun is 20 years younger than him, can move around. Um, I think Elias will eventually be a great adversary to the Undertaker. Another guy about 6'3", 200. 15 pounds can just move um the undertaker can't go up against i guess braun would be a bad idea he's too big taker has to go up against guys like the seth rollinses who can also sell well that's the thing has to sell his moves um so that was i i I was so not that what i'm saying will ever get back to undertaker or means a damn thing but i was so proud of the undertaker as a performer and as a fan um you know, everyone complains about seeing the Undertaker uh, still wrestle. I'm sorry, this is entertainment. This isn't professional sports. This isn't like Carson Wentz at 45 years old trying to play quarterback for the Eagles. This is sports entertainment. It's a soap opera. I want to see the Undertaker wrestle for as long as he he physically uh, can do it and not suffer long term health problems. Which I mean, I'm sure he already has, but nonetheless. I love. He has no knees. Right. I love seeing the Undertaker. Um, speaking of legends, the Raw reunion show's coming up. Wait, no pause. Go ahead. You were gonna open with oh. this statement. So my statement is, and I've been a, I've been a huge proponent on the side of against Roman Reigns for a long time. Oh, here it is. Mainly because I think Roman was not his fault. He can't control how often he's put into. Uh, a script or or in, into a show if anything you know if i'm a top guy and i have vince mcmahon tell me chris you're going to be on three segments tonight on raw i'm probably going to be really excited about that as a performer um so uh, what i'm going to say is and this comes from doing a you know knowing roman reigns for a long time from a wrestling standpoint um and once the whole leukemia thing came around it was really scary i felt for the guy we prayed for the guy um we found out you know he was a good christian role model a good dad um and i've said this even when i was an antagonist against reigns is that never ever and i think even morgan has might have noticed this in her short time watching wrestling the guy's never had a bad match he has always always been phenomenal in the ring so my what i want to say here tonight is i think roman reigns might be my current top guy um i think he carries the wwe banner on his back super well um so i'm gonna uh just openly tell everybody that I think um, my top guy in this company uh, that I like to cheer for would, I guess you could say my favorite wrestler right now would be Roman Reigns. And um, I know my aunt would kill to hear that. Um, Mm -hmm. So I'm sure she'll hear that as well as she listens every week. Um, But no, so moving forward, we're going to wrap it up with the the reunion show. Reunion. Which is Monday night coming up from Tampa Bay, Florida. Um, We, we, 
they promoted it. I mean, literally no one knew anything about this until last week. They just out of nowhere promoted next week, Monday Night Raw is a Raw reunion, the biggest Raw reunion um, in the history of, of the WWE. And they let off with Steve Austin's going to be there. Um, Hogan, right? Hogan will be there. Uh, Shawn Michaels, Triple H. I mean, Triple H is there every week. Um, but I, I think it's the largest collection of legends that's going to be coming back um, for this one night. Um, we do know that it was announced today that Shawn Michaels will also be doing commentary Tuesday night for SmackDown. Now, I'm not sure if that's going to be a consistent thing. Um, Shawn tweeted about it. Um, he, he he said, you know, he's just going to be a guest commentator. I've read that this could be something that he does more of moving down the road that Fox may have asked for. Um, and I think because they want Corey Graves to only specifically be with Monday Night Raw, um, which makes sense for storylines. You know, you don't want to keep Corey Graves on Raw and SmackDown. Um, I, I never liked that idea to begin with. Um, I think it overexposes Corey Graves as a heel commentator. Um so whether or not I'm not sure Sean's going to be a great commentator, but he's 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 done it a lot. Like he's almost always it seems like on the pre-shows. Yeah, he does a lot of yeah, that is true. He does the pre-shows a lot, but I guess it's a whole different animal once you're on the side of the ring calling. True. Pre-shows you aren't actually call. You're right. Yeah. There so I mean, he's not going to play by play guy, but I want to see how he is from a color standpoint. Um, so we'll see that. But that Monday Night Raw. Can he see what's going on? <laughs> That's a disrespectful Maybe we'll quote. See two different perspectives. Oh. That was really awful of you. Um, but no, the, the the list is incredible. Scott Hall, Kevin Nash, uh, Million Dollar Man, Ted DiBiase, and the list goes on and on and on of who's Sid Vicious, Psycho Sid's going to be there, which is really cool. Um, I haven't, I didn't see Bret Hart's name. Um, I'm not sure if Bret's going to be there, um, but it's going to be really neat up for a guy like me. Uh, oh, real quick. I wonder if he would be invited because the AEW. Um, I feel like they wouldn't care about it. Yeah, I mean, they they invited JR, and JR declined, even though Tony Khan said, sure, go ahead, do whatever you want. Um, So that's going to be really cool. I'm really looking forward to that. Um, Next week, I'm not sure what's going on with with the show. Um, I I know we're going to do a little bit of a QA. and a I'm going to try to get myself a guest. I know Eagles training camp starts next week, which is great. So I'm definitely going to get a good friend of mine to come on uh, who covers the Eagles. Uh, We will get him on the talk. Uh, I guess the top storylines going into training camp for the Eagles, and then we will recap uh, most likely Raw and SmackDown. Um, so I want to thank you, uh, Morgan, for stepping in and doing a show with me this week. Of course. Well, Jay keeps bailing on you. Jay does not bail. He <laughs> Our schedule just doesn't mesh sometimes. He was supposed to be here one time, and I cooked dinner for you, him. You did. And he did not show. He still brings that up. He still thinks you're mad at him, and apparently and this should. is very accurate. Um but no, thank you to everybody who tuned in last week. Had a massive turnout and downloads for that, so I really do appreciate that. Um, so that I, I guess with all that uh, success of the last couple podcasts, uh, Kyle Barone is now trying to figure out ways to how he can get on the show much more often. Um, so that's a lot of fun. I love doing the show with Kyle. Kyle loves the show. He's been a longtime supporter um, of of me and what I do, and he's a 
a wrestling dork just like just like I. So um, once again, you guys go to collarandelbowbrand.com. When you guys go to that checkout, make sure you type in hot tag, H-O-T-T-A-G, and you guys will get 10% off your order. And a little bit of that comes back to the show to help us keep uh, to keep on growing this. Uh, pretty soon I'd like to have uh, my own little studio in our in our La Casa here. Ah, La Casa. <laughs> El Studio La Casa. That's not Spanish for studio, I don't think. I mean, I'm not a, a Spanish connoisseur. I think it was convincing enough. It- <laughs> you knew I was trying to say studio. There you go. Well, you said studio. El Studio. El Studio. El Studio. All right, that works. Uh, Thank you very much, guys. If you want to follow me on social media, I am on uh, Z Twitter at CDFran24. I won't give you anything of Morgan's because, one, I really don't want to, and two, she'll never see it anyway. So, (laughs) um, I hope you guys have a great rest of your week and weekend. I want to thank Ricky, uh, Ramblin' Ricky, who does an, an amazing job making us sound halfway decent at what we do each and every week. I love you, bud, and uh, we're trying to set up, uh, get our schedules to mesh together so we can uh, meet up and, and get dinner. Uh, I owe you a dinner, um, and I really do appreciate everything you that you do. You know who owes me a dinner? I think he knows. <laughs> He's going to show up with, like, chips. Uh, that's not a meal. That's an appetizer. I know, but <laughs> uh, but thank you guys so much. Uh, this has been another episode of Hot Tag here on Anchor.fm. I hope you guys download us uh, on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts. I hope you subscribe, all of them, and, and download and follow us on Spotify. Really do appreciate it. Uh, the feedback has been awesome, uh, positive or negative. Um, so I will catch you all down the road. Have a good rest of your weekend. Bye-bye. Thank you.